through the fire. God loved all people, died for all people, and promises his victory to all who put their trust in him, right? right? We're not merely optimists. We are more than that. Yeah, much more. Yeah, we have more than that because of our faith in him and what his promise is to us. We are people whose faith in the ultimate way things end provides us with the power to live life. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello everybody. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And this is Through Through the Fire. fire. So listen, we're barely, you know, a month into the new administration. And the president has signed about 52 executive orders, I think, right? And these aren't window dressing types of orders like let's be kind to one another or let's reinstate (laughs) civility in our civil discourse, right? Right, right. No, 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 no. These are orders that are literally turning our culture upside down. Mm -hmm. They are unleashing abortion on demand all the way through the ninth month. Even beyond, I think. Yeah. The orders are evoking religious liberty protections. The executive orders are attacking private and parochial schools and locking down citizens with absurd anti-scientific COVID-19 laws. While nonsensically opening the border to people coming here illegally amidst the COVID pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird. I mean, it doesn't tested. make any yeah, sense. That's just... why I'm saying nonsensically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you believe in biblical morals, freedom to live virtuous lives, life, liberty, and the virtuous pursuit of happiness, then what's a person to do? It's very confusing. It is. I mean, so everyone seems to be responding differently, you know, to these uncertainties of the pandemic and the restrictions that are accompanying it. You know, some people are choosing to hunker down and ride it out to who knows where for how, how long it takes, right? right? I mean, just basically not living. Well, and I mean, it's funny to me that people are so willing to, to do that. Right. I don't know. I know. And I don't, I mean, it's fear, it's desperation, it's depression. And others are, you know, experiencing this this deeper despair uh, of fear. And mm-hmm. I know my personal approach to facing and living today, uh, but I'm, before I share that, I want to ask, what's yours? I mean, how do you think <laughs> we should respond? I know I like to put you on the spot. Yeah, thank how you. How do you think we should respond to these conditions that are set before us right now? Well, you know, before I answer that question, I think I know um, that you have an answer. To the question, well, I always have an answer, honey. (laughs) You're allowing me to actually go first. Thank you very much. See how much freedom and latitude I give you. (laughs) Go ahead. Well, I believe you're asking a question that most people are having. They're they're wondering what to do when they see this onslaught of things that defy human nature. Mm -hmm. Uh, They defy biblical morality aggressively, even rudely and punitively, and they wonder, you know, um, what kind of power do we have to face these things? Mm -hmm. And then, do we have any power to actually overcome them? And Look, I, I know that we won't take things lying down, but we are facing challenges like we've never faced before. And Not during our lifetime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the culture that at times, I think about this, it used to honor things like honor your father and your mother. You shouldn't murder. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't covet. Now we seem to boast about all this stuff. Even boast about in, you know murdering innocent life, stealing whatever we think we have a right, committing adultery. Who cares? Bear false witness. <laughs> so you know when you yeah. think about this, what? Well, first of all, I think we've got to deal with where we're at. Right. You know. Right. I mean, because it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, coveting. Right. We've made that a right <laughs> and a, a government it's program. A government now. Program. Yeah. Let's covet and take. Yeah. You know, it's our right. I mean, we're. It, you know, it's going to be hard to teach our children. Right. Another way when our biblical values are being undermined, even now in education, Mm -hmm. right, with all the propaganda. I think that, you know, we are not only going to need wisdom and courage right now. 
I think that most of all, we're going to need an enduring spirit of confidence and strength, right, to face this onslaught. And it is an onslaught with so many forces that are against us. Well, and like you said, 52 um, executive executive orders, orders, I mean, that is an onslaught. Because yeah. I think the most that anyone had ever done before was three. And so I do think it's a wave of almost propaganda before the legislation right. begins. And this is not and just... What did a very wise person just say? It's de- an act of desperation. Well, hopefully it's an act of desperation. Uh, <laughs> our screener has actually told us <laughs> this incredible wisdom. And yes. I hope he's right. Because if he's right, that means that you know th- that maybe we can push back on this. But I'm more afraid that it's kind of PR before the real slog comes. But Christians do need... I, I think what, what we need more than anything right now is Mm -hmm. this enduring power of faith as capable to give us not only wisdom and strength, but that endurance that can see things through. And I mean to their victorious victorious end. So I guess before we even start to break that down, because I think that's kind of where we're going today with this faith. Uh-huh. When I'm talking about faith from the Bible's point of view, it means something much different than what people mean when they say you got to have faith today. Right. You know, right, most right. people say, oh, you need to trust yourself. You need to have hope against hope that's attitude. True. You need to be positive about the things that you have, faith in your abilities, your resources, and strength. The Bible's view of faith is radically different than that, and it is way, way more than that. Right. And you and I, I mean, we've talked about this many times mm-hmm. together, you know, in view of our faith in Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we continue our work? How do we continue to live? You know, I mean, look, we've lost loved ones, you know, mm-hmm. during this time. And so, you know, you make the decision, do we have a memorial? Do we have a funeral? You know, our daughter got married. Do we have a ceremony? Do we have a reception? I mean, how do we continue to live life as biblically and responsibly as possible? Mm-hmm. I mean, if we practice faith in oneself, as you know, we keep hearing that faith in yeah, yourself. Yeah, believe in yourself. Right, right, and completely bend to the sinful mandates. That's a recipe for disaster. I mean, that's a middle-of-the-road faith that's just not going to cut it. I'm well, and it's not going to endure, and no. it's, it's not going to give you the wisdom to actually face these things. Right, sure. because we, we're very imperfect, and we're limited in our power, our skills, knowledge, and abilities. I mean, you're more limited than I am, but <laughs> listen, I help people <laughs> through my coaching and counseling practice cut. to understand <laughs> that functionally... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not the presence or absence of difficulties, but right. seriously, I mean, it, and it's not... Yeah, please, I, seriously. But how they deal with inevitable difficulties of life, you know. For, for Christians, okay, we can remind ourselves daily that the power of truth faith lies not in how much we believe, but the power of faith rests in the one in whom we believe in. Right, and who, right, right. You know, right? Well, it's his object, like we've talked about many times before. Right, and so this focus, this focus on him, lifts our spirits and boosts our endurance and our, our resilience so that we can clearly approach and go through life's challenges. Don't you agree? Well said, honey. Yes. You see (laughs) the wisdom? And when I go second. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for letting me set the stage. No, no. But I mean, we say this all the time, but a lot of even Christians don't get this. The power of your faith is not how much you believe. The power of the faith is what object you believe in. That's right. Dangling participle. Preposition. (laughs) But, uh, you know, the one in whom you believe, that's the power of your faith. And so, you know, um, again, you know, I like to say when, you know, Christ says it is finished, then it's finished because that's, you know, he's capable of saying what he says. He's capable of making what he says even come true. And so, you know, again, when we start talking about you know, the power of faith or a victory mindset, you know, we can talk that way because we believe in God's actions. We mm-hmm. believe in God's words. We believe in God's promises for that's us right. in Christ. And that's where the power lies. So, um, you know, let me try to illustrate this another way. I came across an article this week on the Stockdale 
paradox. I, I think know, we've talked were, about that yes, before, and right? Yes, you, you, that, that's, I mean, it's a very good article. It is, and, and, and again... About a very uh, amazing man, Well, and, you know, the Hanoi Hilton, I've always, you know, right. people who suffered the Hanoi Hilton and survived, you know, mm-hmm. you always ask the question, how did they do it? And that's where this thing, this, he was part of that, and it, this is where it comes from. But as a psychologist, I have to say, it's really, it, it's very interesting because it's the antithesis of anything you would ever actually think humanly we would do, right? It, it, right. He was very unreactive, and he was very responsive. Right. So t- tell them. Well, yeah, and, and again, people it. need to understand. I'm going to try to nuance this a little bit because this is not just be optimistic. In mm-hmm. fact, the optimists, he said, were the ones that couldn't endure. So let me just quote. Kind of, this comes from an article that was talking about September 9th, 65 was a life-changing day for James Stockdale. It was the day that his Douglas A4 Skyhawk was shot down out of the sky, forcing him to eject to save his own life. Mm-hmm. The North Vietnamese captured the American admiral that day, but little did they know that they were taking a very, very troublesome prisoner. Mm-hmm. They detained Stockdale at the famous Hanoi Hilton, he soon established communications among the prisoners of war and a court of rules to organize uh, the prisoners and boost their morale. So he was eventually asked, how did you survive this ordeal? Okay, Listen to what he said. I never lost faith in the end of the story, Mm -hmm. replied Stockdale. I never doubted not only that I would get out, but that I would also prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining events of my life, which in retrospect, I would not trade. Right. Wow. And, and he suffered greatly for the rest of his life. He walked with a limp from all of the torturing that he endured right. during that time. You know, and that faith in the end of the story gave him the real power to face the absurd of violence and brutality of the day. He did. Uh, yeah. Someone summarized the Stockdale paradox this way. They said, you must have faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose, but never confuse faith with a discipline to confront those most brutal facts of your current reality, whatever they might be. In other words, move out of the middle lane. <laughs> move out. Right. A lot of us sit in the middle lane, don't we? Right. And yeah. faith won't let you sit there. Right. And the looming question that I and many of our listeners might have is, how does that kind of faith mindset differ from people who are, are the optimists uh, that everything will turn out okay in the end? Yeah. See, he's not He's not saying, I, I have wishful hope that things will turn out in the end. I have faith that I know the truth and the victory will win out mm-hmm. in the end. And so I think that's a great question. How is this different than just being an optimist? And right. I think it's ironic that Stockdale himself pointed out that the ones who didn't make it through the Hanoi Hilton were the optimists. They got their hopes up only to have them dashed again and again. And he said they died oftentimes of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, when we say what is what makes this paradox different than that? And I think you have to answer that because there are all kinds of business leaders and politicians that are utilizing this paradox today. And I think they're just talking about optimism, actually. I don't think they're talking about, uh, you know, the Stockdale paradox. They're just using different language. Mm-hmm. So l- let me just turn it back to you. What do you think? Again, he says it's not just optimism in different garb. So how would you kind of differentiate that? Well, you know, it's interesting because we all want to be encouragers, right? We want to encourage people. So sometimes it's easy to say it's things that are just positive. And that's the heart of optimism. Right, right? correct. But but we want to be confronting reality. We want to be realists too, right? Mm -hmm. So his way, I mean, it challenges us to see that there are truths and values that endure beyond our mere practice of them or trust in them. They are true because they are true. Right. So Americans, Christian and non, have this belief that there are certain self-evident truths that endure for all people. And there are truths that are worth trusting, sharing, even fighting for. So psychologically, this is healthy because it can provide certainty and purpose and peace in the midst of environmental calamity, such as today, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we can trust 
in something bigger, wiser, less selfish, and more knowing than our very limited selves. I well, mean, you do that every day, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> she always says, you know, turn right here, and I'm turning left. You know, well, turn get out of the middle lane, turning, honey. Get, get out, out of the, the middle, middle lane. lane. Well, but I'm just saying, you know, even some, and, and we're talking about some of the, the truths of our American culture, and they mm-hmm. talk about those self-evident truths. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about... You know, when people say we need to live up to our, our, our founding principles. Yeah. Absolutely, I think mm-hmm. we do. But those founding principles are enduring. Mm-hmm. They don't change with our culture. That's they don't right. change. They with actually, the times. They don't. They actually are the thing that if you trust them, they actually open up the tolerance and freedom and opportunity that, that those principles would do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you start to think even in our own culture, we're actually trying to jettison some of those truths if we can or mm-hmm. change them. But then that pushes us to see more clearly uh, the defined biblical truths. I, I just go back to even things, and I know a lot of people out there, even if you've not read the Bible a lot, you probably have heard of Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. One, and it's oftentimes read, uh, you know, even yes. at funerals mostly, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But when it says, you know, uh, the Lord is my shepherd— it basically, it's saying God isn't just a force in nature. He has a personal stake in every person's life. He created and redeemed us all. And that's why the, the, the psalmist can say at no, the very end. No, you mean the palmist? Well, you stop being. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of, uh, <laughs> okay. I know, but when he said that, did he just say the palmist said? Yeah, I, mean, I know. Anyway. I can't get that out of my head. Okay, psalmist. Pretty, pretty funny that day. Okay. But I remember when it, at the end of the Psalms, and you know, when you're reading that Psalm, it's so powerful. It says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. It's built on the notion that God is involved. Mm -hmm. It's built on the notion he will not let you down. It's built on the notion that he has the last say in your life. It's built Mm -hmm. on the notion that God sent his son into the world to save it and that your future is secure in his hands. That's why he can say, it is finished. So, you know, so when we as you know, Stockdale's paradox, I think, is more along that line. If I was to use the word Stockdale paradox and try to apply it to Christian faith, Christian faith is the Stockdale paradox on steroids. Yeah, 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 yeah. I what do you like think that. Of that. I like that. Biblical you like faith, that. steroids. <laughs> sure. Legal faith, steroids. Faith, muscles, and action, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Really, I do. Well, yeah, and again, like I said, not illegal steroids. No, but, none, none. But none. it is a muscled up faith, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's a muscled up faith that doesn't just endure, right. it's enduring, it's active, it's mm-hmm. overcoming because the, the, the end is already already true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Stockdale was saying. That's why I love, you know, if you're, if you're ever reading my favorite Bible verse, and I've said it over and over again, it's Romans 8. Right. And then he said, you know, when Paul says, and again, Paul's life was full of all kinds of trouble and yes. heartache and brutality. And imprisonment. And imprisonment. And of mm-hmm. course, you know, like all the disciples, people don't know, they say all lost their lives mm-hmm. for being Christian. They were right. martyred. Right. But he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? See, that's like saying, this is what's true. That's right. Who shall, shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? As it is written, we face these things all day long. We're considered cheap to be led to be slaughtered. He was saying, look, we're willing to face that because we're trying to do this for you. Mm-hmm. He said, in all these things, we're more than conquerors right. through, through him who loved us. And then I, my favorite passage, for I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor any power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a Stockdale Amen. paradox on Amen. steroids. That's right. Mm-hmm. E- exactly. And that is indeed the power of faith that we have to face, uh, you know, what we face every single day. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's, he was a realist. Hold on he to he that. was facing right. what was going on. Before we talk more, though, 
um, okay. about some practical ways to put Faith's version of the Stockdale Paradox to work. Let me share with you uh, what we do with, at Condescent Counseling. The crisis that is affecting individuals in drastically different ways, uh, depending on where you live and what you do, sometimes it's more challenging for some of us than others. And, and we at Candescent Counseling are here to help you. And so, you've been a real blessing to a lot of folks already, I know. Well, and, thank you. And so if you're out there and you could use some help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give us a call. You know, let us help you get out of just a survival POW uh, survival mode and help mm-hmm. you develop grit and resiliency so that you can, you know, again, engage life with a sense of value, purpose, mission, and certainty and not be stuck in fear. Right. So if you're interested in getting to learn a little bit more about us, you can look us up. Our, our website is cccc-usa.com. That's cccc-usa.com. Mm-hmm. And you can Call us and you know, have a chat with us one time. There's no commitment whatsoever, and everything is confidential. So um, let's get back to what we we're talking about here. Yeah. Um, we've been talking about the power of faith, and that is rooted in the clear actions of God for us in Christ mm-hmm. and the confidence that we have that the end game is sure in his hands. Right. So, Greg, what wisdom does that provide for dealing with whatever we're facing? Well, you know, and I'm glad you asked, because people don't understand what the the Bible's message is that it's a proclamation of victory. It's not Mm -hmm. some religious how-to to to get through your life and hope you get right with God. It's God doing things on your behalf and promises that you can count on. So I think, first of all, it challenges all of us to face our problems, Mm -hmm. whatever that might be, with an honest assessment of reality. I mean, what are we capable of facing and overcoming merely on our terms? Mm. So faith is not some naive thing. It's, you know, when you think about it, if someone's going to get healthy, isn't the first prerequisite, even in like the work you do in counseling, that they got to deal with the reality and look honestly at their situation. They got to take responsibility uh, for what's happening. So even if that's taking responsibility for their reaction to things. So that's the first place. Because of faith, you can do that. You can start there. Right, right. Sometimes, you know, taking responsibility for actions is the goal when they come in, you mm-hmm. know, and, and to see things realistically. Well, maybe, maybe, I can, maybe I can say it this way. It's a prereq for starting to actually get healed. Well, absolutely, right. because, I mean, if you, so you're not, not seeing right the situation. Away. That's right, exactly. Right. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily a prereq. But, okay. but yes, um, it certainly is um, foundational for people to get better, right? Um, and so certainly understanding... Um, to what they ascribe their concerns and their ability to address them as a basic step, you know, mm-hmm. to properly face any issue. So if faith in Christ is important to the person that I'm talking to, you know, I tie that certainty and power of that faith into their ability to cope and manage um, the situation and also to what they focus on visually and cognitively. You know, it's very empowering. Yeah, isn't it an amazing thing? If Christ says something about you, you can focus your attention there Not, as yeah, opposed what to what he you says, think or, other or what other say. people think. Absolutely. Wouldn't that be something that people could use today? And they Absolutely. don't avail themselves to this at all. Mm-hmm. You see, and that's what I'm saying. I think the Bible challenges us to, to also see its teaching not as human opinion, but as God's Word. And I would challenge you, if you've never read the Bible, read the New Testament, just read it through one time. Mm-hmm. You're going to see it's not like other books. It's mm-hmm. just completely different. It has a whole different kind of message. And I could spend you know all day talking about the difference between the Bible and, uh, and all the philosophies on, uh, mm-hmm. that are out there. Because again, the Bible is ultimately about a proclamation of freedom. Mm-hmm. to a world hell-bent on destroying itself, and it's not by your religious or secular works of, of people like us, but on God's work on behalf of us all. So, you know, the Bible ends with a picture of believers from every tribe and nation gathered around the throne of a Savior. Why? Because God loved them all, He died for them all, and He promises yeah. victory mm-hmm. to all to put their trust in Him. So when you think about that, and I think that's the thing. Do we really think about this? That kind of faith means we can roll up our sleeves now 
and really get to work. Mm-hmm. I love how you said God loved all people, died mm-hmm. for all people, and promises his victory to all who put their trust in him, right. right? So just now, especially when we Christians are being so wrongly accused of the opposite, right? right? We do need to roll up our sleeves. We're not merely optimists. We are more than that. Yeah, we much have, more. Yeah, we have more than that because of our faith in him and what his promise is to us. We are people whose faith in the ultimate way things end provides us with the power to live life fully. Now, I have to say, you know, a lot of people say, well, what is candescent? You know, Mm -hmm. when you and I were choosing the name for my work, Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be meaningful. And candescent is glow, right? Right. And it's a glow from within. And it's a glow that you as a Christian will have an experience once you know how Christ sees you, how he views you, right? Well, light of the world, then let the light shine in and through you. I mean, that's, that's right. exactly what we were talking about. That's right. And and again, it's uh, your works don't make that happen. His work for you makes mm-hmm. that happen. I think that's what we're getting to that's right. about the difference of Christian faith or biblical faith right. than the other. So I, you know, what's interesting though, you were just talking about that faith in the ultimate way things end, which is what Stockdale was saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I I knew how it was going to end. That's mm-hmm. what gave me the strength to deal with everything that I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I hear it all the time. Here's a caricature of Christians, and I hear this all the time. Believers who have their mind set on heaven are of no earthly good. You're so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. And then, mm-hmm. but if you think about the foolishness of that caricature, because if you actually believe and, and know that your life is eternal, that, that your life has a purposeful end, then yeah. you will live virtuously, humanely, diligently, victoriously, even more today, and not just for yourself. Right. You'll do that for others. That's right. And so it's almost silly. That caricature of us is something I, I we got to say to people, are you kidding me? I live more powerfully today because of that way of doing things. Right, right. So, yes, you know, so paradoxically, we have, uh, we're not only have issues to face. Right. We have power and wisdom to face them all head on because we have a realistic and certain end game. Right. And I think that's, again, when we talk about the Stockdale paradox, that's just what he was talking about because he believed that the truth of his mission there, the truth of the battle he was fighting, that that was going to win out in the end no matter what. Even if the enemy took his life, he was even right. willing to lose his life in prison for the sake of that truth. Mm-hmm. So he always he felt that was even full of dignity. But the point is he believed that. Well, what we're saying is the Bible takes it a whole lot further than that right. and gives you an end game that you can really count on. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. So we can see the world as it is, not as we wish it to be. I mean, this world has fallen and, and it is a sinful and broken place. And we've got to start there because you got to see things the way they are. But we right. can trust in God. We can put our faith in God now, again, not because of the world or the circumstances, but because of what he's done. And so faith in God, his actions, promise, past, present, and future— that's what gives us confidence amidst the paradox, if you want to use that word, mm-hmm. to face the challenges you do have to face head on. Mm-hmm. So we can take on whatever we face um, with faith in God's word and wisdom. It gives mm-hmm. us confidence to use all the gifts at our disposal, including, you know, sanctified common sense. <laughs> That's your one of your favorite phrases, I love that, right? But I love that word, and uh, we, we you know, need so much more really, of that today. You know, <laughs> it, it, to diligently do that every day and to diligently do what needs to be done. Yeah, listen, I, I, I would love to see a lot more just plain common sense out there and then sanctified common sense even yeah. better, you yeah. know, because that's what the world is. Well, you move more intentionally when you 
when you operate that way. Well, and it's, but again, it's so, people don't realize the wisdom that God provides for them. You don't have to be this genius to really start to live a bold, powerful, empowering, and enduring life. So, Mm -hmm. and then the other thing I think that we can learn is we need to surround ourselves with people who think like this. Um, That's one of the reasons why you go to church too, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Surround yourself with people who get this, who live joyfully and sacrificially for others. And, you know, Stockdale lived that way for the sake of the people in the prison. He endured so much. Right, for them. he did. That was his purpose. But think of the fact that that was the the main, the whole purpose that Jesus came mm-hmm. into this world for That's all right. people. That's right. So, you know, sometimes we forget the power of the wisdom that we have at our very fingertips. It's amazing, isn't it, to yeah, see what Stockdale's so. faith in the righteous cause of freedom empowered him to do for others and how he was able to endure and also unnaturally served his fellow prisoners, too. Right. I mean, we, too, have that wisdom and power through our faith. So we can endure, we can serve, and we can experience the freedom of knowing the end game. Yeah, and there's joy in the middle of all of that. So the yeah. power of faith in the personal work of Christ, you know, he's our victory and and, and that cross and resurrection victory uh, allows us to endure, overcome, and like I just said, even rejoice mm-hmm. in the challenges and opportunities that you, you and I and, and everybody in this sinful world face every day. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. And as a mother, a counselor, and a coach, I, I like these words, enduring, overcoming, empowering, sustaining. Beautiful. I mean, those are words that can be in each of our lives today through faith. Just because of who Christ is for you. So again, don't think, oh, it's only the super special people that get that. Right. No, this is the promise he gives yes. to all of us who put our all faith, of us. Yeah, our everyone. faith in him. Yeah, so have and keep the faith mm-hmm. and always, always remind yourself that you have not reached the end of the story. Yeah. No. So remember, there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See See you you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. FamilyVisionMedia.org.